Hello and welcome to Bottled Up. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. My name is Sunny. I'm one of the hosts of our podcast series and it is an absolute pleasure to have you listening um, and tuning in sort of to this podcast <laughs> that we have going on. Um, I'm extremely excited to share this episode with you. I'm sitting down with a guy called Johnny Starr. Um, obviously, if you guys have clicked into the episode, you, you probably know Johnny Starr or you might not and, and this story speaks out to you. But Johnny was one of the first people to pioneer the online fitness scene back in 2011 slash 2012 um, and one of the first people to be sponsored by Gymshark as well. So um, some of you people might know Jeff Side and Alan Gabe and, and a few others who um, were really at the helm of um, social media and fitness and they were one of the first people to be sponsored as well by Gymshark. But the reason I, I share this is because um, you know I've personally been following Johnny um, since I was in year nine, so about 2012. Um, and it was one of the reasons, and he was one of the reasons why I got into the fitness scene myself um, and probably stuck through it. I think it was the relatability of his content, um, just the honesty and the vulnerability that he showed on social media. But, you know, I, I did notice at times he did drop off social media for a couple of months or even a year at a time. And I often, often didn't know why that was the case. And I think I am very, very grateful to be sitting on the other end of this conversation with him, um, sort of digging deep into his earlier days, you know, getting into the fitness scene, getting into social media. But I think more importantly, the role that social media itself um, has played in his own mental health um, and how, you know, that, that led him into a psychiatric ward um, alongside a couple of other things. And um, I, I, I don't want to spoil the conversation at all, but it is a very honest chat about just life's ups and downs and, and how Johnny has dealt with it itself. So um, I do want to say that we do make some reference to suicide and, and a few other things throughout the conversation. So um, honestly, 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 um, you know, if this does trigger something um, for you, then I hope you can take the steps that you need um, and, and find the help that you need and find the people that you need to support you. Lifeline is a great place to start. Um, your GP is an also an awesome place to start as well. Um, but if those two aren't accessible to you, then you know at least talk to someone you love and, and you can try and get help and support from. So um, we're all in this together. Um, and yeah, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but without further ado, this is Johnny Starr. Yeah, I'm recording now. Let's do it, bro. Yeah. Ooh, mama. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Ooh, mama. Let's get Ooh, juicy, mama. Let's get it. <laughs> All right. So thanks for having me on, bro. Appreciate it. It's good. Yeah, mate. You're I'm, a legend. I'm I like what you're doing. I'm keen for this episode, mate. I've been a long-time follower of you. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, it's been a, been a decade or something, I think, so far. So, um, Oh, you're one of the OGs. I didn't realise. Uh, yeah, one of the OGs. I think you are... Yeah, you wow. Are, wow, wow, wow. You are a pioneer, weren't you, coming to the fitness scene back in the day? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just, just the timing of like getting into social, um, <laughs> making a like page early on and just kind of just putting out what I liked and I think people just liked it it was just free information you know just just give 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 Mate. I think it's how it initially grew pleasure pleasure to have you on board um of course no my pleasure thanks for having me no of course like I like for for the listeners listening I've been um I've been following your following your insta following your facebook for about I think it was like 10 10 or so years now um, some of my friends know I'm, I'm into fitness, but a lot, of, a lot of them don't know why I got into fitness and, and how I got into fitness. Obviously, I've got my story, obviously. But um, behind all that, I think just seeing your content coming out uh, on Instagram and Snapchat and 
there's not there's not many people I say this say this about like actually genuinely being excited to like see the content like you're on social media you usually skip through, you usually skip through different things like you see oh, your mates awesome, you yeah. see your mates post stuff you just skip through it um, like oh nice you're like at Piatella and Glenny or you're hanging out in Oakley or whatever it might be but whenever I came across your content it was actually genuinely like gave me like a special type of buzz um, and that's awesome bro. <laughs> Gen- hopefully, hopefully, some listeners have have heard about you. But one of the one of the first questions I I always ask um, people coming on is, you know, who who is Johnny Star? Um, you know, just a bit about yourself and and how you got into it. I know you're big into fitness, but I know there's a bit of a root behind that. You know, you you mentioned growing up in a Fiji Indian uh, household. Um, yeah, yeah a bit about yourself, mate. Like I, I think people are probably keen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. The, the name, my, my actual name is John Gorman. So Johnny Starr, like there was a stage early on where it was like influences didn't exist. So we kind of like had stage names for ourselves, like, you know, uh, Chesbra, Ziz, <laughs> like, like Picks, like, like Priest Bra, like all this stuff it was just kind of thing, a thing to do. So one of my mates who I started Never Home with needed me to do a like a mock-up MTV MTV interview for for his birthday one year talk yeah. about his, his upbringing <laughs> like so he just like he's like Johnny just put on a leather jacket put some sunnies on and we'll call you Johnny Star double I'm like yes sick so we did it and that name kind of just was cool so I kind of just stuck with it and then um when I started learning about intricate details of like getting into like you know, better shape than the majority of the, you know, the population. I, um, I made a Facebook page and I called it Johnny star yeah. and it just, it just kind of kicked bro. So that was, that's the name. And that, that's how that started. I think it might've been 2011 or 12. Yeah. Um, and then the upbringing, man, nothing special. So my, my mum is Fijian Indian and my dad's Australian. My dad's a pastor of a church. So he nice. was actually going to um, Bible college in like Dandenong. Yes. And then my mum's auntie was at the, the Bible college and I, th- I think she said to my dad, this is like my recollection of the story. Yeah, yeah. You should, <laughs> yeah. Write, you should write to my niece because she's kind of like, she's really cute, which is my mum. Yeah. So dad wrote letters to my mum <laughs> in Fiji in this little village called Raki Raki. Yeah. Like, dude, this story, like, it's kind of why my mum motivates me because she kind of created this, like, created a life which she probably shouldn't have had based on the rest of her family because everyone's yeah, yeah. stuck in Fiji. Yep. So, like, I can tell you these stories, bro, freak you out. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. So, mum and dad are, mum and dad, this is like the old school, like, you know, get in someone's DMs. It was like letters, bro, yeah. back in the day. So, mum and dad are writing letters to each other. Mum must have sent something special, yeah. sent, sent dad a cute photo, <laughs> and literally, dad Clicked. flew over, married mum, and then mum moved to Fiji. Like, dad just took her from the village. Really? Said, hey, you coming to, coming to Australia. Yeah, dude, and then my yeah. mum's sister married my dad's brother. And, like, it's just kind of we've just emerged in, in Australia. So it's been a blessing, bro, because for that to happen, yeah. like, the odds of that and then just the odds of me being alive, you know, like, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. one in a trillion yeah. chance of being alive. <laughs> yeah. I thought, man, there's, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just a, that's an amazing story. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Like, of that, that to happen. Like, usually someone that's, meets someone at a bar yeah. or at a club, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like... I don't know, dude. It was just—it was amazing, and they're both quite religious. So I think God's kept the family pretty close together as well. Yeah. So it's, it's a blessing from God. Dude, no, of course. Like, I mean, um, like, but that's kind of like how how I came came about anyway. There's a, and I guess that's where that's where Johnny Johnny Star Johnny Gorman got born. 
uh, <laughs> after that. There's, um, yeah, I reckon the whole entire dating scene's changed now. You've got um, plenty of apps and things like that. You almost lose that sort of, that rawness to it uh, <laughs> that you get. 100%. But um, no, nah, dude, like I, obviously um, you're, you're really big in the fitness scene. Um, you've been surrounded by some great people over the last couple of years. Uh, you yourself, I know you've, you've got an incredible journey. Um, some of the content you're pressing, you're incredibly, um, and, and I hope I hope people get to see this over the next hour. You're like generally someone who's um, you know very humble, very kind, and I, I I just get that impression from you. Like even speaking to you now, but even from your presence online. Um, but you you mentioned you you got into the fitness scene quite early on um, back in the day. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about um, what what got you into fitness um, and and how that sort of journey started. Like. Um, you know, did did something fly out of the sky like a bench press or, or a couple of dumbbells, and you just grabbed them by both yeah. hands and <laughs> started pumping it out? So, yeah. <laughs> so, so like genetically, I'm like there's bo- there's different body types, and I think you can be like in between any of the body types. But mm-hmm. I, I consider myself probably like on the extreme scale of ectomorph. So I was naturally very skinny, like small joints, hard to put on weight. Anyway, in high school, um, I think it was year seven or eight. PE class teachers like okay you guys got to do some push-ups and yeah. I've never done like push-ups before and I think I did one or two and there was a guy that did ten and the girls liked him and I'm like far out okay I'm gonna I'm gonna get some muscles bro yeah, yeah, yeah. so that kind of that kind of that kind of inspired me to you know get start doing some stuff in fitness mm. and then um, I had my first job at McDonald's and I was earning like seven bucks an hour yeah and I saved up some money and I I, I watched. Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator. You know that scene yeah. where he rocks up and his, his chest, chest is freaking juicy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, something about that, bro, just, I was like, I want to have a mad chest. Exactly. You know, that, that is, I just wanted to have a sick chest because something about the chest, the physique around a good chest kind of look, looks quite, I don't know, pleasing yeah. to the eye. Yeah. So I bought a bench press off of year 12. I was in year seven or eight. Maybe I was in year eight at the time. And then I just started bench pressing in my garage every single night. Like, no matter what, religiously, I worked up from like 30, 40, 50, 60. I got to about 75 kilos, which is (laughs) a lot when you're 16 in my garage. And I just did flat bench, incline bench, and that was pretty much all I did. I didn't do any, didn't train arms, didn't train legs, didn't do anything. So I got into that and uh, maybe I did some sit-ups, but that's where it started. And then I progressed from that to, um, I joined a gym when I was about 16. Mm. And I'd catch the bus because all back in the day we would we we there's a few boys from different schools like Kevin if you watch this and Michael <laughs> Russell and these other guys we'd meet at McDonald's which was like central and we'd all catch a bus to the central uh, hub in Oakley where I still live now to this day and we'd train in a uh, like an open like you know commercial gym and that's when we started you know training the rest of our body but back then there was no YouTube or we no. just read it was kind of like maybe bodybuilding.com and yeah, yeah. we just wing it or what we heard. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's probably why I just, I was very passionate about it from a young age. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I just loved seeing results training. And I think from an early age, genetically, I had quite a good physique and mm. I kind of took that on board and wanted to push it all the time. So mm. I really, I really, I really enjoyed the challenge mm. of just training and the progression. It was kind of fun. And, and, and you know seeing, I mean? and seeing like the, the results play out, um, like eating big, training hard and, and seeing the results play out. How did you, um, did you find it had like a massive role in, in sort of your, your well-being? Like mentally you were feeling really good, 
um, every session, endorphins pumping, um, surrounded by some really high energy people. Like, did is that is that sort of did did something click? Like, you know, this this could be something, or was it just purely just passion and and things sort of took its took its way through that? If if that kind of makes sense. So I would try to learn as much as I could from a young age, and I'd be buying creatine off eBay and throwing it up. Like I was just, I was, I just wanted it so bad. I wanted to really learn. And then I think what happened was, I progressed. I I I got some professional advice from some other trainers who I looked up to, and then they really showed me properly how to diet. Because once you you got to learn how to diet. The training is one thing, but the diet is like a whole other aspect that mm. you need to have both pretty much on point. So I, I kind of, I used to go to these festivals, like these things, it was called like summer days back in the day. So I used yeah. to go to summer days <laughs> and there was one year I went, I get inspired. If I see something and I like it, I'll, I'll gravitate towards achieving that. Like it's like maybe it's some form of ADHD or like <laughs> some sick fucked up thing in my head. But I went to a fe- I went to festivals. I remember seeing these jacked guys, like jacked and ripped. Yeah. And I said to myself, I'm going to be that. That's going to be me one day. Yeah. Like I want that. Yeah. I just want to be that guy. Like at those festivals. So they, like I don't know about steroids or anything back then. So I must have been like 18. Then a couple of years later, man, I got into epic shape. You know, I just I was looking pretty back in the day. There, I was me and my mate Jab. We were just yeah. sh- shredded, and I went to a festival in good shape. And then that was the first time people were like lining up to get photos with me. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, you know, this is cool. I loved it. it felt yeah. great. <laughs> then, like, we see we're on some article in the news, and it was like, dude, this is cool. And then that's what I made my page after that because mm. I realized, hey, there's something. There's something here. Mm. I'll share my knowledge and my passion for it, and that's that's where it kind of started. Does that answer your question? Yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of not really, right? Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's just, what, it's just a progression of like wanting. Yeah, what what I'm curious, and obviously, like you know, we're we're here to talk um, your fitness, but then also what came with that, and and obviously, I know that it might have come at a cost as well, and and you've taken away a lot of things from it. You know, being being so young, um, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and. Um, you know, even if you want to talk to like being one of the first people, I think um, being sponsored by Gymshark um, in Australia, like there was there was a lot of things coming your way quite early on. Um, how how did you feel? Like, I mean, you're getting all this attention from a lot of people. You're you're growing quite rapidly. Um, people are wanting to get photos, signatures with you. Um, where yeah. was your where was your headspace in in all of that? Bro, I, I was really enjoying it, mm. and. Um, Things were good. I was have, I was like, fuck, this has all turned out pretty well. You yeah. Know? Um, Jim Shark was like sponsored me. That that they just started. Like Ben and Lewis, the owners, like they came and came to my house in Australia. Got, got pretty close with them. Nice guys. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> and then I was like promoting their stuff. And then I was going to fly to the UK. And I, um, and then I, what what happens is, bro, because unfortunately in Australia, I didn't realize this this was a thing, but. They're in in like Australia, New Zealand, especially. There's this thing called tall poppy syndrome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so you know you know about it, but what it pretty much if, if you're doing something pretty well, um, and and you become a tall poppy, especially if you come from where everyone else has come from, and then you just kind of progress. There's going to be a stage where people will just it's just a, it's a thing like it just happens. They just want to bring you down and make themselves feel better. So I started to get that quite a bit, but I didn't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I just brush it off. But it got to a point where it just got too much for me. And I had like, I went into severe depression, like mm. severe depression. Mm. It was so bad, bro. I remember thinking, fuck, 
oh, I've had enough. I just wanted I just wanted to jump off a balcony. Like it was so bad, bro. Mm. Actually, the lowest time of my life. This is when I just launched my brand. I had like a twelve meter billboard. Mm. We did like incredible sales in the first year. People were <laughs> tattooing my brand on them. It was yeah. going insane. Mm. But I just couldn't. I think I wasn't ready to handle it then. And I got to be cocky as well too. My ego got into play mm. as well. So sometimes I'd be like, F you, F you. Mm. I would say some dumb things that I probably shouldn't have said back then, mm. but you can't change it. Mm. So it was just, you got to be mindful of like how you're perceived and how you you deal with those things and understand why people are doing it and how to interject those situations and go, hey, you know what? Got to put up your hand and say, I made a mistake or I did this or I did that. Because once you start getting good, you fuck up. You heard that? You, you, you could be like, you could do the best stuff in the world, be the coolest guy, whatever. But if you fuck a donkey once, you're known as the donkey fucker. Like, that's yeah. it. That's it. Just yeah. people just know that. Like, Kai Green, yeah. you know, with the yeah, great yeah, 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 thing, like, he's got that over his head for the rest of his life. So you've got to yeah. be really, you got to tiptoe. So, what happened was I'd taken steroids for quite, like, every, I was just open about it because mm. I used to freaking sell the stuff back mm. in the day. So many, because it's just easy to sell. When you're in shape, people know what, mm. what you're taking. So I was selling it. Anyway, met a coach. Coach says, yeah, you should do this competition. Do it naturally. I'm like, great. Didn't take any gear for this comp, but mm. because I'd taken it in the past, that's when the hate started. That was the fuel mm. for people to start hating. That's probably when like, I got really down about it and really affected me. And mm. it took me a while to get, to get through that mm. scenario. But fuck, going back now, I would have handled it differently with this, the mind I have with the maturity, but... It, that's because you don't have a lot of life experience and then you, mm. you learn things and you kind of let things just... I'm not saying you're dumb, but what I'm saying is the experience... When the ex- I was your age, bro, I had no idea. Mm. I thought the world was all roses. And it mm. is, it's great. Mm. But um, with experience, you kind of learn how to handle things a little bit different yeah. and you kind of just... It doesn't mean so much to you. Less sensitive. I used to be too sensitive back in the day. No, no. I, I Does that make any agree. sense? I, I completely agree. And yeah. like, um, sorry for calling you dumb. I take that. No, I was your age. I was dumb. Yeah, yeah no, I, I hundred percent reckon this. Like, uh, did my my Do you mom? Know what I mean, though? Yeah, my mom calls me dumb like all the time. She's like, um, like, uh, like whenever I whenever I'm trying to make a decision, she's always like, you know, you haven't seen how the world is. Like, you know. Family is the most important thing, you know. This and that. There's a, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of because she's she's also like um, you mentioned your family, um, you know, into God and, and Christianity. My my parents are very religious as well, and and so I think there's a lot of like wise lessons you just learn um, through the grapevine, um, you know, in the kitchen and, and when they're speaking. Um, you know, hundred percent. What what I'm keen on, like I I. I know, like, there's going to be so many, so many times, like, over the next couple of years where shit's going to hit the fan, and that's the only time you're going to learn. Um, especially, like, me growing up, and I think uh, a lot of people listening now, most of our listeners are around that sort of 20 to 25, 30 mark. Um, they're within their 20s, yeah. 20s to 30s. Um, a lot of people are still navigating life. Some, some people still don't know what the heck's going on. They're in jobs they don't care about. Um, they're in relationships that are breaking down, poor relationships with family. And, and there's so many things that are just happening in, in that age bracket. And, you know, I think what's unique about you is, like, there's not there's not many people... I take that back. There's, there's a lot of people that care about how they're perceived online, on social media. And, um, you know, me me personally, I used to care a lot. Um, I still care. Like, I, I think everyone cares about how, how they are perceived and, and what people think about them. Um... And I remember just growing up to my teenage years, like that being a big part of my identity. Like, oh, like, you know, obviously coming from like a maybe a middle class family, um, an Indian family, like there was always this need to like sort of prove myself. 
Um, mm. what, what I'm keen to like try and understand is like, you know, when you were going through that medicine, totally agree with you around like the tall poppy syndrome, people that just want to bring you down, like, um, how, how, how are you feeling? Like, you know, if, if I was to like step into the mind of, or if you were to step into the mind of how you were when you were 21, 22, 23, like, um, you know, on, on one hand of the spectrum, you're kind of like, you know, on social media, it looks like, you know, you're living your life, people are getting around you, um, you've got this amazing momentum going on, but then the other end of the spectrum, you know, you're in it with your head and, and you're thinking about all those things that are going on, all those doubts, all that and anxiousness and anxiety. Um, how, like, yeah, how, like, if, if I was to take a couple of steps back into that, you know, Johnny Starr's head uh, back in that day, like, how, how, yeah, good how question. Did, yeah, how did you go around, like, with dealing with it? Man, I think what I what I did was probably what I had to do. I, I had to step back from social media for a couple of years, mm. and I just vanished. Um, and in that time, I just focused on my. That's when I had my best year of real estate. Mm. When I you know sold the most amount of properties, I didn't have the distractions, um, and I just kind of just I don't know. Something just came over me to just shut it all down, and mm. I and I did. And it's probably what I needed to step back from. Realize there's another world outside of what's behind the phone. Mm. You know what? What's behind that phone can just back and suck the life mm, out of you, yeah. positively or negatively. It just depends mm. how. So in that time, I needed a break um, from it all. I just had to get close back to God, get back mm. close to my family, kind of just get back on my feet because mm. there was a lot of shit that went on, bro. Like I was in, I went to the psychiatric ward like mm. multiple times. And why, like, just, why was that? Was that because of this? The whole thing happening behind social media. Uh, it was. Man, it was, there's, a, there's like a, it's a straw that broke the camel's back, you know. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, you lose some money, mm. jobs, jobs go. Like, had some issues with my jobs where I moved to one company I didn't like it. Mm. I got depressed. Um, I had some body dysmorphia issues that I was trying to deal with as mm. well, and just come to the terms terms with. So, uh, breakups with partners as well. Mm. So it was all these things accumulating and then, I, man, you know, there was a stage where I was living on a friend's couch because um, mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't live at home anymore. It just was just too, too many problems at home mm. with the family. So I, I moved out and then that spiraled me down was just hanging around the wrong people. I was just mm. probably getting too heavily involved with like recreational drugs. Mm. So, man, you just lose your mind. I pretty much just lost my mind for a while. And, um, man, I was just ready to kill myself, mm. you know. Kill myself. I was doing some crazy shit. I was just mm. doing some dumb crazy shit, and I just was not in control. Because mm. as soon like you need to stay off. What I've learned through these experiences is, you need to stay off drugs. Mm. Drugs and alcohol can mm. really screw up your mind. Mm. Uh, and and like I'll be doing. I was taking doing whatever drugs it was, and dude, I thought I was freaking. I thought I was God, pretty much, mm. you know? Like, the mm. shit just fucking takes over your mind. Mm. And, um, man, it took me ages to just clean myself out and start afresh. And now, uh, going through that, I'm finally at this place in my life where I've learned these great lessons and realized what's important. But I'm kind of glad I went through it all. But I wish no, I wish for no one to go through what I went through, man. It was actually that bad. It was mm. horrible. Yeah. I've seen some horrible, disgusting things in my yeah. life. <laughs> you, you, it's just it's unbelievable. I could write a book. Like, yeah. Honestly, it's crazy. I, I can imagine, like... It's it's not like it's like it's almost like you you try and escape it and you and you think what you're doing is helping you like obviously drinking or doing drugs or, or whatever it might be hanging out with mates not the best crowd and and you feel like in that moment in time you're doing the right thing or maybe you knew that you weren't doing the right thing. Um, I'm I'm keen to get stuck into the head you know obviously 
you talked about body dysmorphia. Um, you know, I, I can probably imagine you're in a really you know, strong shape and obviously surrounded by some great attention. Like, what, what were you feeling, you know, if, if, if I could ask, um, especially those, those episodes of, like, depression? Like, um, so often, often we, hear, we hear the word depression get thrown around a lot. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of people that are mildly depressed are very undiagnosed as well. Um, I, mm. I can speak to mm-hmm. a lot of, lot of friends who um, have just, you know, probably found out now that they were mildly depressed or had some sort of um, depressive episode in their life. And it's something that gets overlooked because it's like there's so much stigma in society. It's almost just like, I oh, dude, like I feel so depressed I lost my job. You know, it's like it's almost lost its meaning because we use it so casually. Or like, hey, bro, I'm yeah, going to be very... I understand. Know, I'm going to be like, you know, um, you know, sorry, I'm, I'm being OCD about this, but I want to ask you about this type of thing. Like, And it loses its meaning, but um, very few times you get to find out what it actually feels like, you know, going into that mind. Um, yeah, obviously, like, being on the couch and, and going through those episodes, how, yeah, how, how what, what was the feeling? Like, obviously, like, a general feeling of being flat, Um was there anything else that dude, accompanied it? Dude, de- depression for me was uh, like I couldn't. I struggled to eat. I struggled mm. to get out of bed. There's no way I could train. I could not. Go, I could not go to the gym. Mm. You could not get me in a gym if you paid me. I just could not <laughs> physically go. Yeah. Honestly, and bro, for me to not go to the gym, there's something wrong. Yeah. There's something wrong, and you just overthink shit so much. Mm. And you think you think you're in the worst position possible, mm. and you want to be anyone. I remember thinking, I'd rather be anyone else but myself. Um, it's just a low state of mind where you just you 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 feel like, what is the point of being on this earth if I'm going to die anyway? Like, mm. what's the point of just, what's the point? Mm. Like, we're going to die. I mean, why am I here? Just get just get me out of here. Mm. Like that's that's that that was where I was, and then I had to just sort of learn the learn to love things again, the little things, you know, mm. like my, probably my, if it wasn't for my parents, bro, I would not be here. Mm. My parents saved my life multiple times, especially my mum. There was a stage where I was so low, I caught a taxi to the train station to jump in front of a train. Gonna do it, 100%. I'm walking up, I still remember the train station, the time, everything. I rocked up at the station. There was a few cops yeah. at the station. I was looking real sus and I'm like, I still remember I was wearing a red leather jacket. I was going to go out with like, you know, just wearing something nice. I, don't, I was just cooked. And um, dude, dude, the train was coming like two minutes away. I was going to jump in front of it. My freaking mum called me. I shouldn't have taken my phone. I was like praying to God that someone would get me out of this situation. I answered the phone and mum's like, where are you? Because I was living with my parents at the time. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm at the train station. She goes, can you please come home now? And I did, bro. I, she didn't call me, man. I wouldn't be here. Hmm. But some was like, shit, man, I can't do it to my mum. That's so selfish. Um, but that's that's how low it got at times, man. I was, you know, it was really bad. I haven't probably spoken about this before. This is mm. like the first uh, talk about how bad the depression mm. was because um, it's kind of a tab- taboo subject, you know. Mm. But I think, I think th- the best thing I could do now is share these experiences mm. I had. So at least if someone's going through it, they can be like, hey, you know what? Fucking Johnny went through that shit too. Mm. And... He's fucking doing it right now. Mm. So there is light at the end of the tunnel if you mm. can just get through those dark moments. Mm. No, fuck me. Like I, that's, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, dude. And and I, I can tell you're in a oh, much better, you're in a much better place now. And and I can see it. Like, um, with where yeah where, yeah, yeah. Where, just, where, it, I think it made me appreciate things a bit more. Yeah, you know, 
Is is that when the when the bond you reckon got a bit different with mum as well? Um, did did things start to change? Like you know, as as you said, be I guess maybe more grateful or, or the next. How did you feel the next morning if you remember that? Like obviously, there could have been like this state of shock as well, right? No, man, I've always been very close. My mum came over today and we just uh, we were just talking about this property I'm trying to buy and yeah. we, just, we went we drove past it and stuff. My mum's we're really close. Mum's my my parents are the best, bro. Mm. They're the best. I've always had a lot of love for them. But there was times where I'm like, stuff it, I don't, you know, I, w- I was pretty bad. But I don't think I really had, the next day if I was like, had an epiphany of like, oh my mm. God, my life's changed. I was still, I was still depressed. Mm. I just, you know, didn't want to do that to my, my family, mm. pretty much. And, um, w- yeah. When, when was this in, in your whole, whole um, in the whole like scheme of things? Was this mid-20s? <sighs> nah, it's probably a bit early. It's probably like 24, I reckon, maybe. 24. Maybe 24. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, 20, 23, 24, I, mm. I'd say. And then, um, yeah, real estate kind of started going good for me again because I was just applying myself. So um, I don't know, where you put your mind and, and effort, you can't, like, you'll gravitate success towards that if you're mm. consistent. So, yeah, I just... I don't know, man. It's just been a journey of. I'm still on the journey now. Mm. You know, I'm I'm ha- I'm so happy with where I'm at now. But it, it, the the shit I have to go through to get here has been mm. incredible. But I I'm, I'm grateful I went through it because it's made me a better person. Yeah, hundred percent. And like often often what I see is like, especially men. Um, one, they don't speak about it too much. But then two, um, you know, when when you get into these these states of mind, it's almost like you try and fill that void with like women or um, partying or drugs and alcohol and, and things like that. Did you have, um, you know, you, you mentioned and um, again, you know, of course, if you're comfortable sharing, like um, how you had periods of your time where you were like um, seeing different people or, or seeing a partner, was it almost like you were trying to fill a gap, that, that, that almost that sense of loneliness in yourself through, through other things? Or did you just get back into it and, and apply yourself completely into real estate and your career and, and see where that could take you? Was that was that the start of something new, almost? You know the problem, like I suppose some some people don't talk about this, but if you have a girlfriend, you got to be really mindful if that girl's right for you. Yeah. Uh, especially like family, their biological clocks, their age, where they're at in life, what they want, religion too. I had some issues with uh, girls 100%. I was with that had different different beliefs. So so finding like man, I've I've wasted some time with some girls over the years. Just you know I. You guys, guys and girls, just, uh, I don't know, set some ground rules down and, and go, hey, you know, this is what I want. Mm. Let's do this. Um, uh, it's a whole other tangent, bro. Yeah. It's like, yeah. just, we'll just, because you, you don't want to get with someone and then be a statistic where you get divorced. So I'm mind, mm. like, I'm single now, but I'm mindful of who, who I associate with, mm. with the other sex because uh, time is, you know, you want to waste time with that shit. Mm. So I don't even know why I went on that tangent. What was the question? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's a good tangent. I mean, like, I think obviously, like, from, from what I see is, like, if, you know, if, if you've got opposite sex coming at you and almost, like, you know, you're going on about your life and sometimes I think it's almost like you have to pay respect to yourself to know what you want. Um, so often we don't think about, um, you know, is this person right for, for me? Is this person right for me at this point in time in my life? Um, you know, do our families get along? All these deeper questions. But I think, is, is it almost like a reflection of maybe you not knowing enough about yourself as well at, at the same time? Like, do you, do you think it's almost like this world could be a better place if everyone just kind of spent some time alone 
with themselves, understanding who they are, and so much time and energy could be saved in that whole entire process. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm, that's, I'm completely um, here to entertain the tangents. <laughs> I'm happy to talk about the tangents. It's all about the episode, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, an, it's like... Uh, <laughs> look, uh, fuck, it's hard. Um, uh, look, I have only recently, after being in my 30s, dude, and if, yeah. if you're... This is good. If you're listening and you're a bit younger, probably your viewers are like, in the, I wish someone like me was talking this shit when I was a kid, bro. <laughs> Fucking save me so much trouble. <laughs> so, like, you've just got to, you've got to put yourself first with stuff sometimes, man. Like, you got to say no, you know. you got to learn to say no to stuff. Um, like, I, I, I did this podcast because with you because I truly believe it might help some people. Mm. So if I can talk about the shit I've been through and helps one person, dude... At least it's done. It's it makes me feel great. That yeah. it means a lot to me to help someone watching. So if someone watching this is young, and man, sometimes you might need to walk a, away from a toxic relationship yeah. or really work on it. Maybe you're yeah. a prick and you take it for granted and you treat it like shit. Mm. And you're going to say, hey, you know what? Maybe you're the issue. Like own up to mm. being the problem. Mm. I think there was a stage where I was younger. I'd be blaming everyone but mm. myself because I'm perfect, right? Mm. Dude, you're not perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> None of us. Only Jesus was perfect, bro. But you got like sometimes you just got to own like that. Hey, we. It's not your boss's fault. It's not your parents' mm. fault. Uh, do, you, do you know why I'm in shape now, bro? Because it's right. it's my fault. I've yeah. done this to myself. Yeah. I'm working my ass off. I eat six meals a day. I track everything. I do my cardio. It's my fault. Yeah. Like fuck. <laughs> Seriously, I, I I actually I actually like that tangent, uh, and I, I I completely agree with you. I mean. Um, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot of answers that can be answered by pointing the finger inwards and like actually understanding like why certain things are happening because I think most of the time it, it could just be us like you me whoever it is in that relationship I think pointing the finger to someone else is always the easiest thing to do and I think that's probably the easiest thing to drop your own accountability as well. So, so when you have you heard this one when you point a finger right there's one finger pointing forward and th- but there's three pointing back at you man yeah just remember that you know what i mean there's three pointing back so that's, you can that's point your finger true. at someone there's three pointing back at you like man fix yourself before you go and talk shit about yeah. other people and tell them what they're doing wrong do you know yeah. what i mean like are you setting the example almost mm. so yeah anyway going back to what you're saying we've we as men need to take responsibility fully agree of younger guys and set an example for this new generation coming through you know like we can look Sonny, you're probably like, man, you might get down because you're not in crazy, ridiculous shape. It's just, that used to happen to me. I have to, I have to be in good shape to feel good about myself. Mm. And I feel great now because I'm in epic shape again. But mm. uh, it's not, that's, not the end of the, that's not the end of the world. It like, it's not that important. Yeah. You know? and, if it uh, makes you happy, do it. I do it because I love it. Yeah. And, and I feel like there's like, and I, I imagine I, I probably fell into this bucket as well, I think, going, going through high school and, and going through early stages of uni it's almost like I wasn't I wasn't lifting for myself it was almost like I was lifting to like create an impression or or at least like um get attention almost like I wasn't doing it purely because I wanted to get attention I obviously felt good from it but there was an element of like you know I want to have this physique it was almost like this con it, best way to put it it was like it was almost like I was getting to a stage where like lifting or eating well or working out wasn't serving myself hundred percent it mm. was almost like it mm. was doing myself a little bit of detriment and um obviously when, when i when i went through sort of my times and and periods of periods of lower times in my life i guess 
Um, yeah. It was almost like my my escape from that was fitness. Like, I'd be working at, like, 1 a.m. at night just because, like, I remember this one time, like, me me and a couple of mates were, um, I think it was hanging out at Piatella in Glenny. We were having, like, waffles. Meg, who's actually the other guy doing the podcast with me as well. Um, yeah, awesome. Unbottled, unbottled up. <laughs> well, a good waffle. Yeah, yeah, we, we were hanging out at night, and I, I, don't, I don't know what clicked in my head. It wasn't, and it wasn't out of a positive place. It was just, like, fuck, like, I don't think I'm doing enough with my life. And it was almost, like, this sense of, of guiltiness, like, there, there's yeah. so much I can do with my life and, and, and that's where I resorted to like working out like 1am 2am just like on the step machine just working and it, and it didn't come out of a healthy place like of course I want to look back yeah, at that yeah. and be like fuck like I was grinding I was hustling but I don't think it came out of a healthy place and, and the question the reason I bring this up is like did you have periods like that as well where it's almost like this sense of like you didn't feel like you were worth a lot and, and so your only escape was working out and I mean being surrounded by you know people like Jeff Side, um, Chess Barai, like all, all these people, did that sort of expectation come into play at all as well? Like high expectations, like fuck, like I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing enough, and you just overcompensate by working out. Did you ever get that, or is it kind of took a different turn for you? Loaded question. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I, I have to think about that, dude. Pro- probably over, probably in the past. Um, Maybe I did put a lot of pressure on myself at those times, but I can't remember how much pressure I was putting on myself. I, mm. I, I just enjoyed it, mm. you know? So maybe not so much like what you went through, but th- no, there must have been sometimes. There yeah. must have been. I don't know, bro. Maybe not so much yeah. like that. I think, man, something goes through my mind where, and I'm not, I'm not fucking, I'm not an animal. Like yeah. this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just a normal, I'm just like a normal gym guy, but I remember times where I'd be pushing myself to do cardio because I just knew most people wouldn't do it. Mm. So that's something I would like tell myself when I wanted to, when when I didn't feel like doing something. I'd just say to myself, "Hey, most people won't do this, so just mm. that's going to differentiate you, mm. you know." Because I, I that would go through my head. I'm like, most people will not do this. This mm. is painful. Mm. This is hard. Yeah, it's and not I, easy. I kind of. I kind of like doing those hard things. Mm. Like I just train myself to make myself uncomfortable. Mm. So maybe that's like a sick, twisted, dark thing in my head that mm. pushes me to do certain <laughs> things. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. The, I don't even know how my mind works like that. Yeah. But um, probably in the back of my mind, there's a lot of pressure I'm putting on myself mm. to, you know, get certain places, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, you're probably right it, in a sense. That kind of half answers your half, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those uh, those guys. Are you still still in touch with them? Jeff Side, Callum Von Mogo, or, or uh, Side? No, well? I never really knew Callum, but he's okay. a gentleman. Carlton, nah, never spoke to him a couple of times. Yeah. But Jeff's mostly his dad. I speak to his dad quite a bit on social. <laughs> nice. And Friesma, I speak to here and there. He's a, I love Friesma. He's yeah, a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a, uh, I, I wear his clothes, man. I like I like Jim C. Shout yeah. out to Friesma. He's a, he's a dead set. He's a good guy. Friesma's got good content he's on good YouTube guy. as well. Well, Frisbee's, you know, pre- inspired me to be probably a little bit rawer with what with my content too. Right. I think I found that, um, uh, well, what I liked is when people shown some vulnerability. Yeah, it made me realize that hey, you know, that's actually quite a noble thing to just open mm. up and let people know how you really feel. Mm. So I think I was inspired by Frisbee um, to open up a bit more, and then I thought, you know what, like. 
just just say how it's things how they are. It's it's, mm. it's, it's better, you know. Mm. If people don't like you for it, well, you know, we're not all perfect. So yeah. just say things how it is. No, I, I fully agree. And even um, I think a lot of the content you've been sharing over the last year has, last year in particular, I think, um, has been very raw. Like there's been a lot of moments there where you've just documented it, you've shared it. Um, mm. Even things like I, I am doing Bottled Up and even then I would almost feel like a sense of like, I don't know, nervousness or, um, you know, a sense of what will people think type of thing, even posting some of that stuff. But I think, I think that's the sort of stuff that keeps the world going around. Um, the more people that yeah. are raw, the more people that are honest. Uh, I know in Fisma's, uh potty, there was a cat in the video as well, very candidly, just sitting there. Um, and so little things like that. And like I, I remember when I was chatting to you a couple of days ago and, and I asked you, like, you know, I, I see you take you know, your fitness very seriously and obviously you've got a career in, in real estate as well, which um, I'm, like, I, I'd love to hear the story of like, how you got your job in real estate. But even um, how you, you've put, obviously you've got a passion for fitness and, and eating well and, and you've put that above yourself and arguably probably above your family because it, it helps you be a better person and helps you serve other people better as well. Like, is that something that took a while to understand? Like, is that something you've, like, just realized over the last couple of years? Like, I'm a better person when I'm in shape, when I'm feeling my best, and that helps me be a better person. I feel best when I'm prepared with my food and my, I get my, you know, I, once if my food's prepared and I don't have to go eat, out and eat crap, I kind of just... I feel better. I'm not frustrated. Mm. So I will put that first before anything mm. is have my food prepped. Like mm. I will do it every second day. The fridge, if I show you my fridge now, it's, man, there's just, if I'm hungry, there's food ready to go. <laughs> yeah. It's chicken, beef, fish, all the basics. What You, you name it, my fridge is always full. I, I make sure that's in place because... What I found was I would get grumpy if I didn't have my food ready, mm. and I'd be doing I'd I'd be doing you know just making up excuses of doing other yeah. shit, but I wasn't putting that yeah. in place. But since I've been doing that, man, it's it's made me just it's made me better with everyone else because mm. I'm in a good state mentally mm. that I've done the things I wanted to do. Mm. So it's like just get the non-negotiables out. What's what I was trying mm. to say was get those things done first, mm. no matter what. Mm. Just make sure because you got to eat. <laughs> Make sure you're not eating shit. Yeah. Because when you're not eating shit, yeah, you feel better. Yeah. You feel you you know I like I know I've had like six apart from yesterday I had a little ube cheesecake from a friend from yeah, the gym. Yeah, but yeah. that looked good. That uh, purple one. It's not. <laughs> it's like oh, every forty first meal would be like maybe I'd have a cheat meal. Like that's yeah, shit. You know, so it's about two to three two to three percent yeah. of my meals is like cheat meals, and if I'm doing that I feel good because I know I'm eating well and I'm mm. you know. So what I'm trying to say with that is. If you get those things in place or you do your homework, you read your books, you get the non-negotiables out and you make the time for it, mm. then it allows you to be the nicer person you are. This is how I think, man. Maybe mm. I'm wrong, but it mm. just what works for me. Um, it just allows me to like just be where I need to be mm. in that time because if I'm, if I'm not, if the food's not there, it's on the back of my mind. I'm like, fuck, I've got, I've got to get my meals ready. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. No, so that's what I was trying to get with that, that sort of thing I was saying the other day. No. So I'm just make a bit of effort, bro. We're, we're eating anyway. <laughs> just eat better. Yeah, yeah. Train a little bit harder, and you know, just figure it out. Just we're all everyone's training five days a week and eating yeah. six meals or five yeah. meals. So just you know, step it up two yeah, percent. You'll yeah. probably be where you want to be. Three percent, five percent. You know, little I, increments every day. 
Break reckon, those good habits. No, hundred percent agreed. I reckon um, one of my one of my favorite stories was um, I think you were off to a wedding last year or the, the year before. Uh, probably like one of those parts last year, maybe or, or the year before. And you had these two wraps. You you had these two wraps that you you chuck oh, into yeah. your, you oh, chuck into your back wedding? pocket. I, I can't wedding engagement party or, or some sort. Um, you were storing it and you were oh, like, oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah <laughs> there's two chicken wraps and like. Whole meal bread, I think. <laughs> that it's probably bread. a bit too, probably a bit too excessive, bro. I was probably just doing it for the social media. No, I had a had an event. I don't know what it was, but I knew there wasn't going to be food. So, man, I saw and I saw that from someone else. Actually, I saw Chris Bumstead do that. I'm like, fuck, you know what? Oh, that's a good idea. So it's just a a, a, a roll, a, you know, a wrap with some chicken and rice yeah. and some sauce, and I just whacked them in my pocket with in some foil, and I knew Ooh, I mama. have my. <laughs> My protein for the, you know, oh, mama. That's excessive, dude, but that's the shit I was doing. Yeah. You know, I, just, I, I enjoyed it. I felt, and you know what? I felt so good that I'd done it. Yeah. Like, well, oh, fuck, I'm a legend. What a legend. Who does that shit? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I was doing, yeah. So but, that was, yes, correct. The, the, only, the, only correct. Reason, the only reason I bring it oh, up. That's stupid. Cause I, yeah, it's because I think there's a, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's, a, there's a pretty incredible message about discipline. And I think, like, the over, overarching theme that, you know, like I take a bit of a snapshot in the last couple of years in your life and, and you've definitely hit some low points. Um, and, and it sounds like it's obviously a faith in God. It's taking in the right nutrition and both like mentally and, and physically and, and what you're eating and stuff like that. But um, it's this discipline that's really like taken you out of, you know, and then put you into this such, such a mentally like fierce and, and hungry place. I know obviously last year, um, as with anyone during COVID, all of us had a very... Um, tough time and I, and I think it's on us obviously to try and make the most out of it and I think early late 2019 early 2020 um, you know I would say that you know completely up to you did you feel like you were in your best shape because I out of out of anyone I'm following on, on Instagram at the moment and, and people I've seen of course there's probably a lot of people that haven't documented it as well you're you're one of the people that I saw took something away from that whole situation during COVID and just flipped it um and yeah 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 so that last lockdown we had the long one Mm. i um i said this is going to be make or break for me because i didn't have access to a gym Mm. and i I was lucky enough to get a few 12 kilo dumbbells and some Mm. is this what you're talking about what i did during the last lockdown yeah yeah when everything just flipped like i think you hadn't skipped a workout for like six months or, or five months or something ridiculous and I was just like fuck like I, I was sharing it with mates just being like this guy's just on some other cloud nine yeah bro so fuck yeah so I kind of just um, there was a bit of lockdown where I was like I just got a bit lazy and I'm like well no one else is training I'll just and dude my body was deteriorating by the week mm. like I thought I'd maintain it but uh, you know I have a few shit meals and stop moving and my body would just my body reacts very mm. quickly so for some reason it's like I mean I mean it's like I'm extreme hyper expander to you know gear or if I come off or whatever mm. I just shrink it's like maybe it's it's just like one or the other it just does it it's it can't really say still I've got to mm. push constantly to keep in shape or mm. as soon as I go I just lose it dramatically so last lockdown and we're in lockdown again so if you're watching this mm. man I just said F this shit, Mm. I'm not going to deteriorate in this lockdown. I'm going to make myself better and come out of it better. And then I did that. Something flipped the switch. I I had a treadmill in my lounge room. I started doing 
like half an hour cardio in the morning with a heater on. Then I went to 45. Then I went to an hour. And I got lean. So the main thing was I, can't, I got pretty lean. I, mm. I dropped like 10 kilos mm. or maybe 8 kilos. And I just did body weight stuff and used some dumbbells. And I actually turned out to be in pretty good shape. Mm. And then came out of lockdown, I was already looking all right. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah. wasn't too bad. Mm. And then gyms opened up and I smashed it. Mm. And then probably like six weeks later, I was in epic. Like I got, I looked really good, mm. but I did the hard work in lockdown. So mm. if you're in lockdown now, it's either you can uh, regress or get worse, or mm. you can progress and get better. Mm. You can actually. The main thing is try and stay lean. Mm. If you stay lean and eat well during this lockdown, because this this might get extended. You know, touch wood. This could be. This could go for another <laughs> month. I agree. So what are you what are you implementing now? You got to roadblock these things that mm-hmm. could screw up you getting progress. Because mm-hmm. man, the months go. We're, we're in June. The months go past. Before we know it, this will be something we're watching back. Mm. 2024. Going man, imagine. Remember when lockdown? How shit was that? Mm. Um, so you you got to you've got to just pull yourself out and, and start doing some things uh, mm. now. Like yesterday, there's yeah. no tomorrow. There's no now. <laughs> yeah, we're not promised tomorrow either. I tomorrow never it. comes, bro. Yeah. I said this <laughs> in my last podcast. We only have now. This is it, bro. Yeah. Like, what are you doing right now? Yeah, and like, I mean, obviously, you know, you're, you're talking about how you had like let yourself slip a little bit mentally. Where were you at as well? Like, um, did did you just give into comfort? Was it almost just like comfort? And yeah, yeah. when I got a bit chubby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought I just I just said, hey, you know what? Great excuse. There's no gyms open. Well, I may as well just have a break. Mm. Uh, but those breaks, sometimes you just don't come back from those mm. breaks. You know, like how many guys now? Uh, how many guys now are freaking in their early thirties, like mm. my age? Mm. And dude, a lot of my friends that I grew up with that had good bodies in their early twenties, mm. they they're gone. They they're, they're, they're done. Mm. They're done. Mm. They're physically done um because they kind of just you know Comfort. let the the grinds mm. yeah they kind of let it stop it's well and then then there's almost a point of no return where it's like you, they just give up you yeah. know so i have my friends contact me that i grew up with training asking for they know what to do mm. Mm. you just got to do it i 100 percent agree there's a so it's just it's just it's just doing it unfortunately it's hard mm. but Fucking! If you want to get in shape, you kind of just got to do the things and be willing to learn. Mm. There's, I know, like <laughs> I, I hundred percent agree. And obviously, have you have you found this lockdown to be like quite lonely? Um, or bro, yeah, yeah, we spoke about this. Yeah, oh, <laughs> this is the first time I've felt lonely in my life in this mm. lockdown. I actually feel lonely. Mm. Because, um, I don't know, I don't have, a, you know, I don't have any r- romance in my life right now. I'm just a freaking lone <laughs> ranger. And uh, I picked up my brother's PlayStation 3 the other day just to kill some time. Oh, nice. Because it's the first time I've, I've actually felt lonely. So, you know what, I never thought I would, but I kind of felt the last few days like, man, um, I want to get out and do something, you mm-hmm. know. I want to go out and have a drink or, you know, kick a footy or... But... I, I don't know. I've actually found it a bit lonely. So even mm. myself in this lockdown, it's, it's kind of it's kind of hit me a little bit. Mm. So you're not the only one if you feel lonely. How, so even been, myself. How have you been like dealing with it? Like, are you a big fan of like meditation? Do you um, obviously you run a little bit and, and keep yourself busy, keep the endorphins flowing? But 
is are there things that sort of you put in place to like, um, I guess like not not fall into the trap? I guess. I think the um, what's been important for me through this current lockdown is sticking to my routine, mm. even though. I don't, like, the time restraints are different because we're working from home. I can kind of just walk into my lounge room, but I still get up early. Mm. I do the cardio. I eat my meals around the same time. So my body clock, like, that circadian rhythm, whatever Mm. you call it, it's just kind of the same. Mm. So I've just tried to keep that routine because it's so easy to get into bad habits, man. Mm. You know, Mm. you, like... You lay in bed all day because you don't have to go anywhere. You work from your phone. You have a shit meal here. You order Uber Eats there. Next thing you know, you put on three kilos, and, you, and then yeah. that's the spiral of your depression. That's, that's, yeah, you know? that's where it, that's where it can really it can it can tip you off of feeling a bit down. Mm. Uh, and now, like we're all pretty we're all sensitive these days. You know, it's not the old school old school where guys didn't talk about it. Like yeah, it's it's easy to get down these days. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think social media has probably played a big role in that as well. We're just glued onto our phones, like, getting that endorphin hit every time we're scrolling. I, yeah, like, I, I know you're just about to jump in. I, I had a mate that, um, close mate of mine who was, like, a couple of years older than me. He's in his 30s as well. And he's just, like, sunny, like, fuck. Like, it's almost like the magic has been lost in society. Because back in the day, like, when he was growing up, and maybe similar to you, like, tech wasn't around. It was almost just like you, you wanted to be around like the kids in the park hanging out, like playing music, um, hanging out, like just chatting and stuff like that. And, and he's just like, we, we get, we're at a place in Dandenong having juice late at night and, and he's just like, fuck, like <laughs> this, this is, um, I don't know if you've been to a place called Aga Juice uh, down in Dandenong. Mate, it, it, no, it sounds good though. It, it, it slaps. Um, and, he's just, and, he, and he's just like, dude, like this is what it used to be back in the days. Like no tech, everyone hanging out. Everyone had like this fear of like missing out. So everyone would just go in the park, hang out, chill out, like... Social media's like I think played a massive role in this. Yeah, the old the old school days where you just ride your push bike and mum's like, just be home by six. You know, <laughs> didn't you couldn't contact. <laughs> didn't know where we are. We're just on the push bikes, you know, in in the hood, just rolling around buying icy poles. <laughs> uh, it's, it's changed, but look, I think it's a good thing as well. Technology is mm. great. You just had it. Just depends how, how the, you let it. it affect you. Mm. Uh, I can get uh, everyone's it's the same old shit everyone says, but we're all showing our highlight reels. Be good to see some more rawness. I like the girls that show themselves on Instagram with no makeup. Yeah, you know, or just show themselves just being normal. Like that's that's what you want to see. Because mm. man, anyone can look hot these days. Yeah, you know, there's guys looking hotter than girls. You know, yeah. having doing all these surgeries. Um, yeah, this perception of beauty is so weird. So it's mm. hard. It's hard for. I feel sorry for girls, man, because fuck the pressures on them to mm. you know. Uh, but hey, man, I enjoy what I do, man. You know what? I love my real estate. I love doing auctions. I mm. love just doing fitness. I'm so happy right now, but it's been a progression to get here. Mm. And if you're watching this, maybe just enjoy where you're at, mm. you know? You know I've, I've only just come to realize that, hey, I'm kind of just like where I'm at in life right now. I'm, enjo- mm. I'm enjoying it. You know, I wake up, I'm like, shit, things are good. I'm mm. fucking loving life. And love, love where you're at, you know? Love it. Fucking mm. sunny, good-looking bloke. You got some Air, AirPod Pros there. You, you know, you got a roof over your head. You got food. Like, dude, that's awesome. Mm. That's better than like ninety-nine percent of the world. Mm. So you got to put it into perspective of uh, there's some there's a homeless guy living down the street from me. Mm. You know, man, there's, fuck, look at that guy. I feel I, sorry for him. Imagine yeah. being that. Like, it's not that bad sometimes, but we overcook it. Mm.
And we just, we put too much pressure on ourselves mm. sometimes. Um, uh, and I, I've been guilty of that. I, I 100% agree. And I know, I know we just clocked the hour, I think. So I obviously <laughs> don't want to take up too, right, much, too much of your time. But I mean, I... Uh, Quick few questions, Oscar. I'm, yeah, I'm loving this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you earlier. Like, I mean, I was just telling you a moment ago, you've, you've got this amazing sort of like energetic appreciation for life and I think probably I, I kid you not probably 10 minutes before we sat down I was searching your name up on YouTube just reading up a little bit more about you um, obviously like I've been following you for like quite some time now so I've been seeing some of the stuff you've had and like I feel very yeah. com- I feel very comfortable just chatting with you but one of the things was like Never Home and, and how Never Home kickstarted and, and how that yeah I guess came to birth obviously Never Home's your clothing brand but I know you want it to be more than just clothing and, and obviously branch into different things but there's obviously a story around how that started look I I, I love clothes I love uh, expressing yourself with the clothes you wear and I've, I, I always when I was 16 I wanted to do I just had a vision of clothes but the vision then I still remember I was in my parents car in the back of the car I'm like one of my clothes that have cool quotes on the inside of it like yeah. on the inside I just remembered seeing like and it'd probably been done before but I remember that in my head I'm like I want to do that and then uh, it was always in the back of my mind and then sometimes in life you'll experience something that pushes you to do something mm. It'll, and what happened to me was and if you don't know the story I'll, I'll, I'll make it brief but my brother my little brother the cheeky little shit <laughs> my parents went away and my brother decided to have a party at our house, like a house party. <laughs> Puts it on social media and that shit spread like wildfire, right? Mm. So, man, we had this party. There was hundreds of people at my family's house. These guys rocked up to gay crush the party. Mm. And, like, this is when, like, little delinquent gangs were running around the streets. Mm. They're still around today. Mm. Um, and they probably just come from dysfunctional families, like trying to seek refuge in being in a group of guys that just cause mischief. Like there's something wrong with these kids, right? But kind of like there was a stage where I went through that in a bit when I was yeah. roaming the streets and put, like making like putting like little bombs in people's like uh, letterboxes <laughs> and just little shit yeah. like that. I did that stuff, you know. Yeah. We 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 would we would take our parents' cars and drive them around on ovals and do burnouts. Like I was yeah. doing that shit yeah, as a so. kid. And we were breaking into schools and doing all this dumb shit, but it was just what the guys did, you know? Mm. So I understand, like, that little void of, like, being a young boy trying to find himself. Anyway, these guys wanted to go crash the party. We weren't having it. We are at the front. I was, like, just started working. I'm like, no, not getting in, whatever. <laughs> anyway, cut a long story short, one of them put one, – my brother's – one of my brother's friends said, why don't you guys just F off? And that triggered them to lose their shit. So one of them went up to my mate Anthony and pushed him and he went flying. And Anthony flew. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I jumped in. I'm like, bro, just relax. Like, take it easy. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to relax. So he headbutted me. Boom. Uh, this, this tooth here, yeah. I had to get a root canal on, pretty much died. And I grabbed him and I threw him against the car. And we started brawling. So we're just punching yeah. each other. And dude, I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover, right? I've yeah. got no idea to fight. <laughs> I remember we were just punching each other. And then, bang, he stabbed me in the chest. So I've got a, I got stabbed. I got, a, I got a scar on my chest here where he shanked me right there. Just, to, just lucky I got such a big juicy chest to shield myself, <laughs> right? So I didn't even know he stabbed me. And then we were, the fight progressed from the footpath to the street. Yeah. And then I, I, I literally remember this moment like, oh, fuck, I'm in trouble. Like maybe this is the moment I realized I could die. 
because mm. I'm like, shit, I could get beaten the fuck out. So I fell on the street. Guys were kicking me. There was probably like 10, 15 guys around me. Shit. And then um, I thought I got bottled, but he ended up hacking me on the back of the head with a meat cleaver, which would have been like... Dude, meat cleavers are pretty bad. So I was like, you know, like a meat cleaver is... He hacked me in the back of my head, bro. And uh, he slipped, like, cut my head open. I got a big scar at the back. So, dude, when that happened, I, I was like, fuck. That, um, that could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Because yeah. if that went, if he got me deeper and pierced my heart, mm. like, I'm gone. Mm. And then here, if he cut me here or hit a main artery or I don't know, yeah, or yeah. even wrecked his beautiful face, bro, fuck, I'd be... Yeah. I, I, and then I had this epiphany like fuck you know what sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen Yeah. Oh, it was the wrong place wrong time guy just happened to be me never knew the guy didn't know who he was uh, get stabbed and hacked in the back of the head mm. it could have been over mm. um, but it wasn't I just man I just had stitches stitched it up oh, it was like just two two cuts really yeah, like yeah. two big gashes that, this that could have been much worse pretty bad and then I'm like, and that kind of was like alright well I've got to do this brand before fucking I die. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of pushed me, and I still remember that to this day when I when I do let the brand go. To, mm. That reminds me to keep pushing it. Mm. So, look, life's short. Um, Gary V says some great stuff. Mm. We're gonna die anyway. Just give it a crack. You know what's the worst mm. gonna happen? You, mm. you fail. Who cares? So I think a lot of people are just worried about if they fail, what people will think. Mm. No, I, I, like this pod- I agree. When you start this podcast, what were you thinking? Like, fuck, should we do this stuff? Yeah, that's like, um, it's kind of funny because it's like, like, where's it going to go? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's that, and then there's almost like, there's, there's just some things that just pull you. Like, this, this needs to happen. Like, if, if I'm not going to do it, who else is going to do it? And I think that's what like, me, me and the other two guys, Meg and Uji, um, when we decided to start this, we're just like, we don't see this happening. We don't see other, other men talking about this sort of stuff. Like. If we're not going to do it, who no. else is going to do it? No. And I think exactly what I said to you. Like I think yeah. every every conversation takes a step in the right direction. Like so many more men speaking about it now than there was like ten years ago, right? Um, think about who was chatting about this sort of stuff ten years ago. No, um, no one spoke about it, bro. It was it was not spoken about. So I think it, I think we need to speak about it mm. about mental health, guys, girls. Like the g- girls are competent, fucking bad too, man. It's not mm. just the guys, like. You know, I've, I've, I've got some, I've, I have a lot of friends that are, I'm close with that are girls that are very good friends of mine. Mm. Some of the shit guys put them through, it's fucking horrible. Mm. You know, we always blame the girls or we want to blame the other sex, but uh, mm. we got to just calm down with yeah. everyone. So I feel it's, everyone's probably got some level of shit they're going through mm. that uh, you don't hear about and you just got to treat others how you want to be treated because... They could be some. You know, one day I was having such a shit day, bro. I was having a shit day. I was down. Like this is the like the brink of like when I was hitting my worst depression. Yeah. And this fucking guy. My shoes weren't polished for work. I was wearing black shoes, and mm-hmm. he got, this prick of a guy came through. And goes, dude, your shoes aren't even polished. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I just said to him, bro, if you knew what I was going through right now, you you wouldn't. You wouldn't be picking on me for you know having my shoes not polished. So mm. the, the 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 story behind that is fucking just be mindful of what people may be going through behind the scenes before you you throw a dig at them and give them a hard time because mm. maybe they're going through some shit um, and just don't be a dick. Like you mm. don't have to be a dick. Just don't be a dick. Just be mindful of that. Maybe we can finish it on that. But. Mm. 
and boom, we're done. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast with Johnny Starr. He's an awesome, awesome guy, uh, super humble. Uh, we were even chatting for half an hour after that ended, just about random stuff. So um, super grateful to you know just have someone like him that, that exists and, and really cares about the stuff that he puts out. So um, if you guys want to find him on Instagram, his handle is Johnny underscore star. I'll put it in the show notes below, but also check it out. Uh, we'll also tag him in some of the stuff that we're posting out on bottled up um so you can find our instagram handle at bottled up oz uh, on instagram so stay tuned we've got some awesome episodes coming up next um next week's episode is going to be a surprise um hang on tight keep an eye out on our social medias and we'll get that out for you guys next week um as always um keep spreading the love keep chatting and keep being vulnerable i think the world needs it at, at this point in time so um yeah keep kicking goals everyone stay tuned for the next one Sunny signing out.